Good evening, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Cincy Brewcast. My name is Mike Cisneros, and I'd like to thank everybody for joining us tonight. And uh, we have the wonderful brand new music from the Gnarly Gnome that you're hearing right here. And uh, it's fantastic. I love it. The Gnome Sneak. We call it the Gnome Sneak. I'm joined tonight by uh, the Gnarly Gnome. Gnome, good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much. And also Tina Cisneros, our own uh, young lady from uh, Brew River Gastro Pub and other places. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. And ahoy, ahoy to everybody out there watching us on Periscope tonight. Hi, Periscope. Uh, We'd like to have your comments on Periscope. We are trying a new experiment tonight with our audio at the behest of some of our Periscope viewers uh, in getting our audio signal that we have on our podcast uh, onto the Periscope live broadcast. So, uh, and hopefully that everybody is out there listening tonight can hear us a lot more clearly, uh, a lot more professionally professional sounding. We're not just coming off the uh, mic of the iPad device tonight. So, uh, and I'd like to welcome everybody. How's it going, guys? The uh, rumor is that the video is only a boob shot. A boob I shot of who? Me? Mine? Well, uh, you know, I'm ask. fairly well endowed, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Just a boob shot? Okay, well, we'll have of to me? check. Of well, me? <laughs> of the girl? <laughs> I don't know. They Should I they, check? You better check. <laughs> we, we don't want to, so we're going to uh, have, uh, Tina's going to pop off and check uh, oh the video of the... <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so... How's my boob? <laughs> says no, it's okay. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, listen. <laughs> I'm going to go get a sweater. <laughs> a sweater, a sweater in, in, in the middle of summer. Put it on, yeah. Hell no, this um, is hot. So anyway, how's everybody doing? Lovely. Uh, I guess you guys uh, had a social engagement on Saturday, did you not? We did. I Yeah, I, I had uh, already fulfilled my... Um, gnome socialization quota for the. Yeah, if, <laughs> if the uh, the dead blow with coffee at Braxton was not as delicious as it was, I would have had some. But we drank it all yesterday. Oh man! The pool, so. Did they now? Now uh, you drank it sitting by the pool. Oh yeah. It's a, it's it's a tropical style. It's, it's a tropical it's, summer it, style. It worked. It did, it, did it hold up? It Absolutely. Did. Listen, let's. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that and the experience you guys had at the Braxton Backers Party on Saturday afternoon. But first, uh, as always, we've got to go from the beer fridge. Absolutely. Now that's what I'm talking about right there. We are going to delve into the beer fridge with a with a few beers that that we are. Uh, that, we're certainly looking forward to trying tonight, and we're going a little bit on the dark side tonight. Uh, three of the beers that we have are dark. Two of them are IPAs. One is a stout, and one is the Rheingeist Splitz, which is the Berliner Weiss, is from what I understand. Yes. Well, let's give that bad boy a shot. Let's, a let's try him first. Yeah, let's, and last year this was called uh, Squirt, so if anybody tried that last year, I think it's supposed to be similar, but from what I hear, it's a little better. Now, does it, have, does it supposedly have any flavoring involved, or is it just the uh, is it just the, the beer? From what I understand, and I haven't tried it yet, it is supposed to just be a fairly traditional Berliner Weiss. Right, let's try this. Put your right underneath there, and it, people can hear that we're actually drinking. 
We promise we don't pretend to drink. Oh man, that was a weak one. <laughs> Uh, very carbonated, very clear, and very, very, very pale. May it's like the color of white wine. May actually be the palest. Look, can you see it on Periscope? It may actually be the palest beer we we we've had here. It does, it except for the like white beer that the guys from Darkness true. brought. But that was like gray. And you know, we I know we weren't tasting together last week when we did the show, but that was what I noticed about the. Um, the Puma Pilsner was real similar to this, where it was almost clear with just a you, little hint of color. You know what that is? That's Good. fantastic. This is delicious. It is fantastic. It is so crisp and refreshing. That's really good. And it's got the it, it's got the citrus, you know, taste. I had a Rattler last week. I had, I had the, a Boulevard Rattler, uh, and uh, this is a lot better. Than it's that. it's right along those lines. I am. Um, I wanted to compare it to the the little Miami Vice from uh, Fifty West in my mind, and I think this blows that. You one should have brought more of this. This is solid. It um, doesn't have that big uh, weedy character that yeah. you get from some bourbon. And it's a really things. nice tartness. I like it. It's not oh. overpowering. It's not overwhelming. Now I don't think the Berliner um, Weiss itself, the actual style of beer, is tart in, in and of itself. I think that's done through the addition of syrups and stuff like that. that no, they do. no, there is lactobacillus that they add to a Berliner Weiss. I see. But the amount of which varies from brewer to brewer. Okay. Right. Okay. I mean, I've never had a true German Berliner Weiss, have you? Uh, there's not many around. Yeah. You know, at the, I think the stat is like at the beginning of the 19th century, there was something like 50 breweries in Berlin making them, and then by the start of the 20th century, you're down to two. Mm. And I uh, think that stat is still about the same. There's only like two in Berlin that are still making this out from, from what I've, I've read. So, so I'm going to look this up and confirm or debunk it. Um, I heard something... You can look it up. I'm just going to drink me some more. I heard something good. that the Berliner Weiss style is so good that um, like one of the I want to say like Napoleon, like invaded Berlin specifically for the Berliner Weiss style. Makes beer. sense to me. Have you heard of Have that? Taste it if, it, I'm, if, I'm, it, if it tastes half as good as this, I don't blame. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna look it up and I'll confirm or deny it for us. But um, but yeah, I feel like I overheard that in like a barroom conversation. I think I think the boss in there needs to get a get a taste of this. It's really this good. is what I should have been drinking around the pool yesterday. Oh yeah. Dead blow is not a bad call, though. I mean, I, I really... We, we, well, we don't want to get off... Yeah, we, we don't get a, although we have not discussed it together. We've got but, a little tangent to yeah, go on there, yeah. because you still have your shot to try that, sort of. But we'll, we'll get to that once right, we start talking right. about what's going on. And okay. Napoleon's troops dubbed it the Champagne of the North in 1809. It's the, the original it, Champagne of beers. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Now, uh, are, uh, do we want to go Rheingeist again, or do we want to... Uh, yeah. We'll do Rheingeist again, and uh, this one is the T-Rex Black IPA. Uh, it may have been out for a while, although I don't it's know. Fairly, fairly, I think the last couple of weeks. I yeah, think. but I, I have not had any yet. And, I haven't and, even uh, heard of it. Yeah, so when I saw it, at, uh, and I got this at Country Fresh tonight. For $16.49. Uh, $11.99 for the uh, fill and $5 for the glass, so that would, that would make sense. Um, let's have uh, one of your snifters. Now, anybody that's listening to, feel free to let us know what you're drinking along with us. And again, we're going to get this down at some point, but we are we are going to 
eventually tell everybody what we're going to be drinking so that they might be able to go get a uh, some that they can try along oh with no. us. Did you spill? Spilling. Uh, gosh, beer abuse. Oh, God. No, don't get it it's on the equipment. Go, it's time to go to my corner, I guess. You're right. I just Early think, one tonight. You know your dad. I've got, always got a paper towel laying around me somewhere. There you yep, go. You're going to be buried with some paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a New Belgium Porter. I don't know if I've ever had New Belgium's Porter. Hmm. I haven't either. Yeah. What's the name of that? Oh, I, I don't know. It does smell good. This is the uh, the Rheingeist T Rex. This is the Rheingeist T Rex, everybody. The aroma is all that nice piney citrus hop. More, I think, I think more piney than anything else, really. The carbonation. Look the how citrus, big these bubbles are. I don't know if you guys are orange. looking. These bubbles are huge. This is good. This is good as well. I'm, and you know something? I, I really... <laughs> I have actually gone back and forth with some of the people at Rheingeist in my other iteration, Big, M Big MRCIS on Twitter, about, you know... I, I tweeted one time about uh, one of their one of their beers that somebody kept the guy with a hot bucket away. <laughs> <laughs> right, wasn't that the um, the Alice? That was the uh, the, uh, the Belgian, Belgian blonde. Yeah, the Belgian blonde, and um, and and uh, but and that I said over the years that I didn't think it, that they could do anything but make hoppy beers at Rheingeist and this uh, spritz. It, it proves that they do have proves some other that they uh, have talents. Right? More chops than just and I, I'm, just the hobby beer. I really like this T Rex. I like the sort of roastiness of it. Um, it it reminds me of an identity crisis or a blown gasket or a you know any of the other sort of dark hoppy portery kind of um, beers. I like it. I'm into it. It's almost got kind of a, a tea quality to it, like the way the hops sit in there with kind of like an earthy. I, yeah, no doubt, man. That's a great. That's a great call. Absolutely, it's mm -hmm. it, it's got a tea. It's, it's like the way, yeah, the way that it hits your mouth. Like well, right I, on the, I just like thought the aroma. Right the, the aroma head. has a tea, like a wow. black tea, like Good a black call. tea mm -hmm. scent that's, that's to fantastic. it. Awesome. So that's T Rex by Rheingeist. Mm. Not the Rheingeist portion of the show is over. And I have a, I have a full, I have, we have a full growler of that, so I'm going to a great big old cup of that right He's in my Rheingeist Hustle uh, glass. That I, did you see how cool that was? Did you see that? Oh, I've got it. Oh, yeah. You got one? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about this in a minute, but I had a major disaster earlier this week. Oh, no. You know the shelf I had out in the garage next to the beer fridge with all the uh, growlers, growlers and, and glasses in it? All over the floor, heartbreaking, broken. I out of like thirty glasses, maybe five glasses survived. Oh, out of man. out of out of twenty some growlers, maybe three or four survived. I lost my, I lost my really nice uh, uh, Great Lakes uh, growler with the with the ceramic flip top, and I lost. I mean, I lost quite a few of them. The weird thing is that it fell over in the night. I was sleeping on the couch maybe 10 feet from the actual incident with the dogs when it happened. I didn't hear it. The dogs didn't hear it and wake up and start barking. Nobody in the house heard it. 
I'm pretty sure there's like an alien or a ghost or something that like hates craft beer. <laughs> that or it was a uh, that or mom did it a la um, the leg lamp and all that stuff was all that stuff was outside ba- banished to the outside because mom <coughs> didn't want it in the house anymore, and, and I would imagine she would would be would be on board with that. Anyway, let's continue. We lose a beer glass every yeah, once in a while, and it's it's a heartbreaking yeah. experience. Um, let's uh, continue. Uh, Handlebar. Well, what we've got here next is the aliens did not do it because they can't get beer in their place. Aliens have craft beer too. This is the <laughs> Mothman. Hence Galaxy Hops, right? And it comes from... <laughs> no, help me out with that. It is from... Oh, Greenbrier uh, Valley Brewing Company. And that's in West Virginia? Or is that North Carolina? That is in West Virginia. That's in West Virginia. And uh, this is called Mothman. It also is a black IPA. Um, this one's a little bit older, so I'm going to guess. Yeah, I was going to say, Gnome tells us there's a little bit of age to it, so... Who's that one? that one over. So this is the Mothman Black IPA from Greenbrier Valley Brewing in obviously Greenbrier Valley, West Virginia. That's still pretty solid. Yeah, it doesn't seem to, to have lost a lot. Waiting for my bubbles to go down to try it. You get a little more of that a little more of the roast, from right? The, uh, from right. The a little bit rounder flavor. How? I mean, how old would you approximate? Maybe. I'm pretty sure it was canned like in February, maybe, mm. maybe March. That's too bad. That um, really. No, it's, it's, that's a guess, though. Look at this can we've got here. It's a smudged date stamp. So. I think the one that I have in my fridge, I got in like Marchish. Very light. Or very maybe. light yeasty and maybe that's coming through again more because yeah. of the age but uh, very light yeasty scent I know I picked it up when I was on the way back from North Carolina um, for my niece's birthday in the beginning of March so you get a little bit of the and yeah maybe the age the yeasty like almost a little bit fruity mm-hmm yes definitely fruity definitely um Gum, you know, gummy like bubble gummy, almost. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's good, but it doesn't beat the T Rex. No, no, not no, not at all. The T Rex is is fine, fine. The T Rex and the Rheingeist beers both get easily four and a quarter, four and a half on the uh, on the uh, Untapped app, which you can follow us on Cincy Brewcast. That's our that's our. We don't keep up with it as much as we should, no. but that's our app no. nonetheless. That's our uh, name on the app no. nonetheless. No. She's yelling at the dog and like <laughs> shaking it. Chester is trying to eat Homer again. <laughs> the next one and last one we're going to try tonight locally, uh, another dark beer. It is yeah. the Moorline Handlebar Double Stout. This one I've actually stashed a couple of like just to see if it does yeah. age well. I think it's only what eight. Oh, no, I think it was ten. Do you remember? ABV on the ten percent. I don't know if it says a little can or not either. I'll leave the Periscope for a second and check. 
The can says, strength, distinction, ingenuity, pride, these are the words that describe the innovative machine age of our nation's history. They describe the men and women who made today possible, but perhaps most importantly, they describe Christian Moorline handlebar double stout, a strong and distinct stout that boasts an ingenious blend of dark roasted malts and a balancing blend of hops. So Rick, I missed your comment because yeah. I haven't had to leave to check the ABV, yeah. which is 8.2. 8.2. 2. That's a big beer. Uh, yeah. And again, maybe the head is suffering a little bit. Not quite as creamy. Not quite as tall. And no. chocolate. Nice. Bitter Definitely chocolate. chocolate. Bitter. Mm-hmm. Vanilla. Mm-hmm. Oak. If there's anybody listening who uh, is a big fan of cooking. This would be really good with some dessert, some ice cream, some some cake. A nice uh, roast flavor, a little smoky, a little chocolatey. Uh, it's almost some kind of a... A little more highly hopped, I think, than your run-of-the-mill stout. Pork ribs was a good suggestion for it. Well, anything goes well with pork ribs. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much. <laughs> you could you could drink you could drink water out of the back of the toilet, and that would go good with with, with pork ribs. You know, there's something about this beer that's just kind of not quite doing it for me. Well, why not? It's got what is it? What's it saying? Maybe again? is it a little boozy? I don't know. I'm the, getting a very like astringent it, sort of. It dis- Ingenuity, strength, <laughs> distinction. And do, you, do you think that's the some kind of hops coming through? I'm not sure. I think I think the aroma belies the flavor. Like it almost tastes to me too. like like rubbing alcohol. But I don't. I think I don't think that's coming from like a booziness. Right. Anybody picking it up now that I said I, that? I, I, I see exactly, and that's why I've got a can that I stashed away to kind of see if uh-huh. that dies down a little bit over time. Hmm. That's interesting. A good question, and and, and again, that's... What, I don't know which one. Hit it. <laughs> From the beer fridge. That that was another edition of... Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me off guard. Yeah. Beer yeah. All right, man. Nailing down our special. We are nailing down our special effects. Our production value is is increasing exponentially. God, I got some. Someday we won't be doing this from the living room or the dining room of my dad's house. That's from the beer fridge, guys. Tell me about what you did over the weekend. Over the weekend. All right. So, for anybody who backed Braxton on their Kickstarter campaign this winter, you got a party thrown in your honor this weekend, and of course. Two out of the three of us backed Braxton on their Kickstarter. <laughs> so we were there enjoying the... Mike didn't. <laughs> we were, I wouldn't have been able to go anyway. We were enjoying the wonderful offerings that they had. Um, and it was good. It was fun. Two things in particular. They they tapped their new... Um, it's I guess it's technically a year-round beer, but it's changing quarterly uh, trophy. Their American Pale Ale. And they're doing kind of a hop series with it, with different hops um, every quarter. And this one is the... German whole melon, which is probably way too American the way I pronounce it, but um, <laughs> it, 
fantastic. I, it was I, such a good beer, and I had never heard of that hops before. Um, they said that it, you can expect some sort of melon kind of fruitiness, and it was very much there, but it wasn't. It wasn't like super sweet or super like fruity, almost sort of in the least literal sense of the term, I think. Um, and I found that beer really, really interesting. It was very. It was a pale ale. Five percent, I think. Uh, yeah, it's like five, five, five-ish. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really. It had a really hoppy finish. They, they dry hopped. The it crap was really, out of it. It was cool. yeah, and yeah. The, it, it shifted. I, I don't know if you let yours warm up at all. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the flavors of that hop really did shift as it warmed yeah. up and kind of changed from. Um, from from melons to to, to to berries, and then it kind of shifts into the more um, traditional American hops that you would expect. So Clean, approachable it, enough, though. You know, it was, you know. It's, it's it's drinking. It was, it was happy. Pretty, pretty yeah, I don't think that you know. I wouldn't recommend it to somebody who's not a fan of hoppy beers. Not it, even as a not even as a gateway. I don't think it's it. The, the thing that I found interesting was just the hop itself. You know, you know, when you think of Germany. You, there's very specific styles of hops that you you think of all those noble hops and this was not that at all it was almost a really American kind of hop so mm-hmm. it, was, it was neat to taste that it's it's neat to, to think that they have this opportunity then to explore some maybe some different hop styles that we're not used to and you know I think they've said Galaxy and Citra are definitely coming this this year so something you are familiar with too. but it, I mean I and I think that's really cool of them and I'd like to see more breweries doing it. Um, of, you know, at this point, I mean, we love Galaxy Hops, Citra Hops, Mosaic, whatever, but it's really kind of cool to see what else yeah. is out there. Right. Um, and I think that that's something that is going to be kind of an interesting responsibility for the breweries to shoulder is um, kind of exposing that, you know, those different hop varieties to people who have never had them before. Well, and again, and it's something we've discussed a lot on the program is the fact that some of the little bit smaller breweries, and of course I don't know if you want to call Braxton that or not, I know they're not in, they're not doing bottles, they're not doing cans, they're not in wide distribution, they're, they're in a few of the bars in Northern Kentucky. They should be though, but, every damn but, thing but is so good. With 285 barrel fermenters coming in the next month, right. they are quickly right. becoming not as small as But they, these these smaller breweries, and we can put them in that category at least for the time being, can experiment mm-hmm. with things that are small batch that you may not be able to get enough to make a gigantic production run of, but that you can get a fair amount of to make enough to make a special seasonal or quarterly beer or whatever, and th- there there it is again the flexibility and of course Braxton money-wise and everything else is going to have the flexibility kind of to do whatever they want. Right. So... Yeah, do... Uh, on that note, do we want to jump into some of the stuff that is happening this week in beer? Because there is a couple things from... Tell me oh, about... I want to... T- oh. t- t- do it. <laughs> this week in beer. Um, I gotta mention Dogberry. Okay. You know, yeah. yeah, and you know, Dogberry's fun because literally every week they are releasing something different. But they, they are um, the dogs are the dogs to are the Dogberry man. We've got uh, the uh, the smoked IPA. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Which is pretty good. 
<laughs> Sorry guys, Tina's going to talk now. <laughs> You've also got um, something that they have not on tap quite yet, but in theory will probably be coming up next weekend is my guess. Um, they're calling it the, the Funky Brown. Uh-huh. They have um, their bourbon barrel, which people might be familiar with from uh-huh. um, this winter. They threw um, their stout in bourbon barrel. It was amazing. They made a brown ale, their braised brown, which is typically on tap. Put that in the bourbon barrel. And through the wonders of nature, got a little bit of lactobacillus in there on accident. Oh, yeah. They mm. recognized it extremely fast in the process and thought, you know what? Let's kind of let it go and keep an eye on it and just see what happens with it. Because so, that can go either way, right? That can be, it it can go can either be way. good or bad. And, um... It is carbonating now and ready to go and should be up, right. I think, when the next thing kicks. So wow. That's, that's going to... So barrel-aged sour stout. I don't call it sour <laughs> because it's, 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 I, I tried it a, a, just a little squirt of it. And it's, it. Funky is a good word, but it's not... I almost wish it was a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of hope that they... I, I think that the, the barrel is pretty much gone after this batch. I don't yeah. think they're going to risk yeah. doing anything else with it, but... Um, I wish they would start exploring that a little bit because it's, it's, it's a neat flavor of the bourbon and then that, 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 that funk kind of balances that normal bourbon-y vanilla out a little bit. It's and then the guys that have become very quickly the sour or the sour beer specialists in Cincinnati have something going we, as we record, we record here on Monday night. Uh, tomorrow evening as well. Oh, the, the key punch, the the key line goes up, and then they um, have a clothesline. Their the rye saison is still on top there. From um, there, I think they do it quarterly too, somewhere around there. And I I think that's something that I'm gonna make my way over oh, tomorrow yeah. and uh, check that out. That so. key line goes. I'm really curious about. Um, you know, there's there's. And then, and then, he, and then people d- got to decide tomorrow. They may need to go to bed early tonight because they might want to get up and go have some coffee. <laughs> that is tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, you got at eight a.m. I was told, which is almost Absolutely. a little bit too early for me, um, especially if I'm going to go well, out to the uh, to be beer to the to the beer opening tomorrow evening. So, um, yeah, Braxton is kicking off their um, their their coffee series, the starter series with. Um, Cold brewed coffee, hot brewed coffee, cold brew on nitro. Um, just can, can I mention that now? Because when I was in there a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Richard and he told me not to mention. So I guess we can mention. Yeah, the they, nitro they, they announced it at the party. Cold this brewed. Oh, okay. Nitro coffee. Way before that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows that any of you are joined at the hip, as it were. Uh, um. And then uh, we, we let's segue now. Uh, Wait, to I want to say something ahead. about my weekend. Oh, well, I, you went to Athens. I was in Athens, yeah. Ohio last night. Uh, drove back this morning, and at the Pigskin Bar and Grill. A great place. Great place. I do not remember half the nights I've spent there um, took a good when I was in college. <laughs> it was. They did a um, local, a Cincinnati craft brewery takeover, tap takeover. Um, we had. Nutty Pyro and uh, oh, what's it called? The IPA from Old Firehouse. Flash. Uh, Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Flash yeah. um, those two were on. There was Harrow and Finn by Urban Artifact, and then there was Gnarly Brown 
and Soul Drifter by so it sounds like Madry. A Cavalier Tap Takeover. It, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. there also Sprechter soda and hop water? <laughs> I actually think I did see like a sign for hop water. Um, hop water, which is a great product. It is really it's good. It's very good. Uh, we'll um, have to sample it here on the show uh, coming up soon. Uh, I, I've never. I'm not even sure let's what get it these is. Guys. Yeah, it's I'm pretty good. Even, it's good. It's like a tonic. It's we actually. At Brew River, we're doing a specialty cocktail with the it's the hopped up gin and tonic. So we do the wow. watershed gin and um, wow. mix it with the hop water. Wow, so that sounds fantastic. It's really good. So um, yeah, we'll get some for next week. Excellent. Okay, and um, let's see what else do we what else yeah, do we? Yeah. That's it. You wanted to segue into something. Tass Ale House has their sour coming out this week too. Oh, that's so right. The Louisa. Yes. Yes. Stave Mother. Yes. The Stave Mother. That whole, I, you know, I haven't dug into that at all yet, but they're, you know, this entire sour series is all coming from this first original batch that they're doing. So it's it's a really neat thing that they're doing down there, but um, it's aged in uh, Chardonnay casks. So my well, this weekend, this weekend marks my um, 26th birthday weekend. And as we sit here and discuss all of the different cool stuff that's going to happen, my notes cool. <laughs> as we sit here and discuss all the cool stuff that's going to happen in beer this week. Yay! It's going to be my birthday. Um, and we will be recording next Monday on my actual birthday. However, that I could believe... Be cra- that be, could be a crazy let's just show, get drunk. by the way. Um, I believe that now that we've discussed all of this cool stuff that's happening in the breweries around town, that my Saturday birthday celebration is going to have to be hitting all the places and trying all the new stuff. So Hitting all of them? Yeah, well, <laughs> I want to go to Taft. I want to go to Urban Driver? Artifact. I want to go to Dogberry. Maybe you should take a uh, one of the craft brewery tours that we have around town here. And yeah, to hit different places, that's a great segue. Because actually, there's a little bit of news that's coming out of Fibonacci. Isn't that correct? No. Um, they have definitely started brewing. I don't know if anybody has seen that applause. yet. Applause. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, have, they, we don't they, have to overdo the applause. We didn't pay, we didn't pay for it, so they, we don't have to use they it. They are definitely wrong. <laughs> Making some beer now, which is exciting. That, that's yours. <laughs> the wrong one. So it's exciting. Um, they have not announced the names of what those beers are yet, but the styles they definitely have. And I think uh, I know this weekend they were brewing their um, uh, Belgian Belgian quad, maybe. Yes, they had um, sorry, the Belgian triple. They have an American Imperial IPA. American Stout and a Kolsch, um, but I've heard that the Russian Imperial Stout that Bob makes is really, really good. I can only imagine. We discussed that about a month and a half ago. I went over to Compton Road and uh, sat down with Bob. Uh, we've got the uh, interview broken down into a couple of uh, different segments here. Uh, the first one's about uh, nine and a half minutes long. The second one's eight minutes long, and. Without further ado, here on Cincy Brewcast, uh, let's uh, join my interview with uh, Bob Bolas of Fibonacci Brewing. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Mike Cisneros back with you on Cincy Brewcast, and I'm joined right now by uh, the man behind the latest uh, brewery offering in Cincinnati, Bob Bolas of Fibonacci Brewing. And Bob, we'd like to welcome welcome you to uh, Cincy Brewcast. Thanks for having me, Mike. Um, First of all, let's talk about 
your, I like to ask just about everybody I talk to what their path to uh, craft beer uh, is or was, uh, what got you started, what made you interested in it. Uh, give us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I would say uh, my interest in craft beer started around the end of my college um, life. Uh, started getting more interested in consuming beer more for the taste and qualities as opposed to, you know, typical college life. Um, so the first beer I ever had that really just shocked me and made me realize what beer could be about was uh, Dogfish Head 90 Minute. Um, so whenever I first tried that beer, it was just amazing. I, I couldn't believe that beer could taste like that. Uh, it just shocked me. So I, I kind of got obsessed. Uh, for a few years, I talked about actually starting to brew. And then in 2008, for my birthday, my wife uh, finally bought me a beer kit. She was done listening to me talk about doing it. Was it one of those Mr. Beer, or was it a little bit more advanced than that? Yeah, she actually uh, went down to Listerman's and uh, asked them, you know, hey, my husband's interested in this. Uh, I want to put together a kit for him. I don't want to buy, like, a Mr. Beer kit, you know. Give me something that he can learn on and advance from, so. Now, for myself, who was basically asked not to return to any math class whatsoever. I had to look up the term Fibonacci uh, and just tell me what does a sort of an obscure 13th century, I guess, Italian mathematician have to do with brewing and your path to it uh, here, at, here in Mount Healthy? Uh, great question. Um, so a little bit about my background. While I was in college, uh, I ended up majoring in computer science with a minor in mathematics. So I've always had a very, I guess, big interest in math and science in general. Uh, and it just so happens that uh, Fibonacci models a lot of the way that things occur in nature. So it models the way plants grow, um, you know, the way shells form. You know, they all go to the golden ratio, which is what the Fibonacci sequence does. Um, so my wife has a very big interest in nature and plants. She's a home gardener, uh, absolutely loves everything about plants. So we kinda came up with Fibonacci as a way to tie my math and science background with her love of plants and nature. And sort of, a, uh, so it's sort of a nexus where science, the natural world and art come together for you? Yes, absolutely. Now. One of the, you know, one of the things I've talked to, I've talked, you know, not to name names, but I've talked to the Rouses down at Braxton. I've talked to Brett Coleman Baker at Urban Artifact. I talked, we talked with the, the guys from Dogberry very recently. Uh, and, and I've asked everybody, but no one seemed to want to answer me for some reason. I don't know if it, it just gets lost in the, you know, it gets lost in their thought process or they think of something else. And we've had this specific request from some listeners to ask brewers what their process is when they decide, you know, how they're going to decide what they're going to do, what they're going to brew. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you're going to brew and have on offer here at Fibonacci. Yeah, so um, we're, in, we're in a little bit different position than uh, some of the larger brewers in the area in that we don't necessarily 
Um, we're not planning on distributing, so as far as name recognition, shelf space and stores, stuff like that, it's not something that's part of our business plan. Um, so what we're going to concentrate on is first brewing beers that interest us. Um, we, we will have a selection, our core base of product that's going to be, I guess, well-known. It'll be common beer styles. Uh, but we will experiment a lot, and we will brew things that are a little bit, you know, off the beaten path. So what, say, you want to brew, oh, say you want to brew something, give, give me an idea of, of what your process is for going. In other words, when I spoke to the guys at Dogberry uh, recently, it seemed to me almost like, in a lot of ways, they were chefs. And there's a lot of, you know, kind of going by what, what's available and what's, going, what's good this month and what's good, you know, this week or whatever. Is that something that goes into your process? Or? Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, I think one of our first seasonals uh, will have something to do specifically with nature here in, in the Mount Healthy area, which is we get a lot of mulberries in the spring. Um, so we would like to do a spring fresh mulberry beer. Uh, so part of it is, yes, what is available ingredient-wise, what you have your hands on. And part of it is, you know, the, the art aspect that you talked about is about taking something you know and being able to apply it to, you know, another realm. So I've never made a mulberry beer. Um, I have made some fruit beers, though. So I have the concept of what to do that I'll be able to apply to the finished product. Uh, let's bounce around back again to sort of your, you told us earlier about the first brew kit that your wife got you for your birthday from Listerman. What has gotten you to the point where you said to yourself, hey, you know what, I can sell this, you know, this is good, this is a lot, you know, what I'd say to myself is this is a lot better than it has a right to be. Uh, what got you to those point, to that point? Um... Well, very early on, I brewed mostly just, you know, for my own enjoyment. Um, and then we decided to, you know, have a couple, I guess, private parties where we sampled some of my beers along with some cuisine that we made. So, you know, we'd pair up different objects. I had a coconut porter that I paired with some curry food, um, you know, that, you know, we, we had people over and they, they just loved it. Um, everyone we had and including what I would consider, you know, my, my beer knowledgeable, my beer snob friends um, were also highly impressed. So I think that was the first indication that, you know, maybe I had something that I could do commercially um, to actually have a viable product out in the marketplace. Um, so that was about 2011. And then in 2012 was uh, when we decided to actually start moving forward with the concept. Uh, we trademarked the name Fibonacci Brewing with the state of Ohio, and we were basically just waiting for the right place to open up in our neighborhood. And speaking of neighborhoods, and we've done a lot of talk about neighborhood bars, neighborhood bars, neighborhood tap rooms, neighborhood brewing. This is the most neighborhood of, you know, <laughs> that I've been in, that we've seen, uh, you know, a lot of urban areas but this is this is suburban or, or you know suburban neighborhood out here uh, on Compton Road in Mount Healthy um, tell us a little bit about your place 
Um, yeah, so our uh, facility that we have is a uh, old florist shop. Um, we actually got our wedding flowers here um, a few years ago. So uh, we, we were familiar with the place beforehand. We've always loved the building. Uh, we think it has a lot to offer as far as what we want to do. Um, so yeah, in 2012, like I said, we were, we were looking for a place. We wanted to do it in our own community where we lived, give something back to our community. And this place came on the market and we jumped on it. Did you do the awning, the front? Did you do that or was that already here? Because that's going to be a great, great place in the, in the spring, summer, and fall to uh, enjoy a beer, it looks like, and watch the traffic go by. Yeah, the structural uh, facility here was already in place. Uh, we've done a lot of remodeling inside um, and outside. But, uh, yeah, the, the front awning was already there. Um, you know, obviously it looked a lot different, had a bunch of... Uh, pulls up to hold hanging baskets for flowers and stuff. But uh, yeah, the front structure was there. We just kind of molded it into our own needs. Hi, everybody. Mike Cisneros here. And as a craft beer lover, you want the same thing I do. The finest and handmade lagers, ales, and stouts. But do you take the time to think about whether the same care and attention has been given to the treats you feed your dog? Well, I'm here to tell you about Brewhouse Dog Bones, made from the same wholesome malted barley that you'll find in the delicious beers from many of Cincy's finest craft breweries. Brewhouse Dog Bones are handmade in small batches using just three additional natural ingredients, peanut butter, organic eggs, and brown rice flour. So you know your best friend is enjoying almost the same great craft experience that you do. And Brewhouse Dog Bones are not only good for your dog, they're good for our community because they offer real-world training and a work co-op experience for developmentally disabled young adults ages 14 to 22 through the New Richmond, Sycamore, Marymount, and Oak Hills school districts. Brewhouse Dog Bones are available in the distinctive brown paper sacks with a red dog bone at some of Cincy's finest craft tap rooms, including Mount Carmel Brewing Company, Listrum and Triple Digit Brewing in Cincinnati, and Old Firehouse Brewing in Williamsburg and great pet stores like Newtown Feed and Supply and Earthwise Pet Supply in Montgomery. For more information about Brewhouse Dog Bones, to carry Brewhouse in your taproom or pet store, or to find out how your school district can participate in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, just contact Lisa Graham by visiting www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. All right, uh, Mike Cisneros joining you once again here on uh, Cincy Brewcast, joined by the Naughty Home and Tina Cisneros, and uh, we uh, went right out of the Fibonacci uh, Bob Bolas interview uh, right to our Brewhouse Dog Bones uh, promo, but uh, uh, some pretty interesting stuff. Got got his got his wedding flowers at the place he now owns and is going to, and is going to open his uh, craft beer tap room. I think that's pretty amazing. Well, and I think it also answers the question that we all had sitting in a high school math class. How will we ever encounter the Fibonacci sequence in real life? <laughs> in our local taproom. <laughs> and of course... Just way better than the actual intended mathematical yeah, purpose. Absolutely. And of course we uh, were on with uh, 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 Dan Listerman and all the folks at Listerman's a couple of weeks ago for our live broadcast. And uh, there's yet another man that, uh, you know, the... the the Cincinnati Craft Beer Brewing Creed goes right through the roots of uh, Dan Listerman and Listerman um, uh, Brewing Company and also Listerman uh, uh, Brewing Supply. So uh, 
Uh, and anything else? The mulberry beer too. How about that? I mean, I think that's pretty. <laughs> that's that pretty sounds amazing. interesting. I, I don't think I know what a mulberry tastes like. I, I don't think I do either. Yeah. I was talking to uh, the guys up at Dogberry a while back, and they said that they did at some point in their home brewing career brew one. It, I, it's it's really small. It's about the size. They're about half the size of a, of a of a blackberry. You know, a blackberry, mm-hmm. and they get they get that dark purple blackberry color, but they're a lot sweeter. The um, and they grow on trees. Are they tart at all? No, no, no. They're no extremely tartness. sweet. There's no tartness to them at all, and and they're extremely sweet. And they're uh, they grow on trees rather than on a bush or whatever. Right. And some of those, some of the mulberry trees, just get massively large. I thought you went around and around the mulberry bush. Well, I, I guess you do. The, didn't the monkey but chase the weasel? I know there's. A <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that have that they're actually gigantic trees (laughs) of these mulberries, and and a lot of people think that they're a kind of think they're a nuisance because they drop the berries all over and the berries gets on people's cars, gets on people's cars, the birds eat them, them yeah, you know. So um, so I think it's very uh, I think it's very good, very interesting, and again, as we discussed previously. Only a smaller brewery can work with something like mulberries. Bigger breweries can't get enough to make big batches of it, and and probably don't want to mess with it anyway. Uh, so only, only a smaller brewery, a, a microbrewery or, or a, a nano brewery like like Fibonacci and some of the other ones can actually go out, help pick fresh mulberries, and have enough to use them just in a beer once or twice and. For chits and giggles, you know, just to try something fun. I think that's what is fun to me about nano brewers is that ability to kind of just right whatever's on your mind, you can brew it. Yeah, absolutely. Right, and I mean, if it sucks, then you don't have to ever make it again. Exactly. And if it's amazing, make as much of it as you possibly can. Well, I have a second part of the interview here with Bob Bolas, and uh, he is. uh, We're going to talk about the beers and a couple other things. So, right. Now, once again, from uh, Fibonacci Brewing in um, Compton Road, Mount Healthy, Ohio. Uh, here's Bob Bolas from Fibonacci on Cincy Brewcast. Let's bounce back to the beers, and uh, what, what are you going to have on offer to begin with? Um, <clears throat> we're looking to open with uh, six beers. Uh, four will be what we're going to be calling our foundational series. Uh, so that's going to consist of... Uh, an Imperial Russian Stout, an Imperial IPA, a Belgian Triple, and a Kolsch. Um, and then we'll have at least two seasonal or temporary beers on tap at any given moment. The, uh, do you find it important? Some do, some don't. We've seen uh, Braxton come out with the cream, with the cream stout. We've seen uh, Urban Artifact, or uh, not Urban Artifact, but Taft Sale has sort of a... Uh, a, a Pilsner, the, the Dogberry's got a, a, a Kolsch that drinks to me a little bit more like an IPA. But some of the breweries have been brewing sort of the Goza, sort of the is is that would you say that would be that Kolsch would be your entry level beer? And what do you know about the tastes of the community around here in in, in Mount Healthy? Yes, uh, the Kolsch offering is. Exactly what you said. It's the it's the introduction beer to craft brewing um, that we will offer. So that will be the easiest transition over from your, you know, for lack of better terms, your Bud Light drinkers, uh, your traditional American lagers. 
Um, that was very important to us because of our community. Uh, this is a very blue collar neighborhood. Um, although we feel there's a huge market for craft beer in our area and surrounding areas, um, we do feel it is very necessary to have something that anyone can relate to. And then the Imperial Russian Stout, tell me about that, because that's really one of my all-time favorite styles. Um, well, I, I would agree. It's one of my favorites, too. So as I mentioned earlier, we're going to brew things that we really enjoy. Um, the, the Imperial Stout and the Belgian Triple are two of my wife's favorite um, styles. Uh, whether it's an Imperial Russian Stout, an Imperial Coffee Stout, she, she really enjoys, you know, those, those uh, type of beers. Uh, for me, I'm a hophead. I love IPAs. Uh, we will definitely have a good hoppy selection available. Um, but yeah, I think, I think with the Imperial Russian Stout, um, to me, it is the epitome of what a stout beer can be. So... To me, there was no other choice as far as a stout was concerned. I, I really wanted to have that in our lineup. And then when you're talking about uh, the addition of, of natural element, elements and botanicals and fruits and things, uh, a, a, a stout, a Belgian triple, and a Kolsch are really good canvases for that sort of being able to play, you know, sort of play with your beer. Right, right. Uh, definitely. I think you can go off in a lot of different tangents uh, as far as those styles are concerned. Um, we would also like to have a barrel aging program uh, at one point that I think, you know, some of those lend themselves very well to. So, What, you know, what is a, what is a measure of success uh, for you, for, uh, for the brewery? I don't think I've been asked this one before. Um, a measure of success. Uh, you know, first and foremost, we, we want to we build something here that our community is proud of. Um, you know, it's, it's not the richest neighborhood in the Cincinnati area. It's not the most well-known. Um, we want to build something that other businesses want to come to this area and be a part of. Uh, so I would say success for me, first and foremost, would be building something that would draw in other businesses. And then uh, you mentioned it. I think you mentioned it. I, I, I don't recall something about no distribution at all for you? Uh, correct. Initially, uh, we will have no distribution. Um, we may eventually pair up with some local bar and restaurants that uh, are into the craft beer scene. Um, the, the primary reason why we will have zero distribution to begin with is our brew system. We, we are brewing on a one barrel system. Um, we're gonna have a hard time keeping up with demand in the tap room. Yeah, I can imagine, I can imagine that. I mean, even some of these bigger places, they have been, have been running out of beer. Um, too many breweries in Cincinnati, you think? What's your opinion on that? It's been a big question that's come up uh, on the internet and, and in, the, in, the, in the blogs and so forth in the last few weeks. It's a question that I asked the first couple of interviews that I did. And then Noam, who, who you're well aware of, he, he, he said, well, I really hate that question because I don't think, you know, I don't think that, that it's even close to any kind of a critical mass yet. And then, you know, Jesse Folk, one of the big bloggers, actually asked the question and wrote a, wrote a pretty big blog piece about it. What's your take on it? 
Um, I think we're nowhere close to market saturation at this point. Um, and it, it's, it's a little different for me and my position because we are, our business plan is focused around our tap room. That is what we're doing. So in, in that respect, we're no different than any other bar as far as, you know, being a one establishment that serves their customers. Um, will we get to the point where it's oversaturated? Uh, I don't know, but I, I think as long as you're making a good product, um, creating an entertainment environment for people to consume your product, I, I think you're going to be okay. I appreciate you asking me to come out here. I don't think you'll mind me saying that you're look not quite ready to open yet. What is, what is, is there any timetable now? I know that uh, in one of the blog posts that I read uh, today in preparation for coming over here that it was quote unquote spring, you know, 2015 and, and what's your, what's your, and, and you know, I don't, do you have a real sense of urgency about it or? Um, at this point we do not have a, an official open date. Um, Primarily because we're, we still need to finish up uh, inspections with the state and get our permit before we can start brewing. So we just finally received our TTB permit from the federal government um, about a week ago. Uh, got that to the state and now we're just finishing things up to go through final inspections. Uh, once we get our approval, I, I would say we're, we're looking at about five weeks from approval until we'll be opening. And, but you have no idea. That's, that's all government red tape. But is there a general sense of how long something like, you know, how, much, how long the government red tape will take? Or? Um, I think more so at this point it's on us. Uh, the state's ready to go to schedule inspection. Uh, they said they can probably do it within a week as soon as we're ready. Um, so right now it's on us to, you know, get everything in place to be able to open up. We're, we're looking... Ideal situation, we'd have inspections before the end of the month and be opening sometime in early June. Excellent. Well, Bob Bolas, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us on Cincy Brewcast, and good luck to uh, Fibonacci Brewing. Thanks a lot, Mike. All right. And uh, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Hey, over hey, at, uh, when we were at Listerman uh, Brewing a couple of nights ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had our beautiful new Cincy Brewcast banner uh, with our slogan, uh, The Voice of Cincy Craft, uh, emblazoned beautifully on it. And that was uh, courtesy of and done by uh, our newest sponsor on Cincy Brewcast, uh, Don Hall and all of our friends over at Eastgate Custom Graphics. You know, Eastgate Custom Graphics is your one-stop shop, not only for banners, but for all kinds of silk screening and embroidery on t-shirts, hats, polo shirts, and so much more. No job is too big or small for Eastgate Custom Graphics, from one item to orders in the thousands. They are the team apparel specialists and can put together a winning look for your adult or youth sports team. From a custom designed t-shirt from your, for your beer league team to full uniforms including gear bags and hats for your elite sports club. ECG can also give your employees a truly professional look with custom embroidered workwear and they are the only place to go for school spirit wear. They have all the schools in the Anderson Union Township area and even have hard to find items like official gym class uniforms and pro style caps. 
Eastgate Custom Graphics is located at 4459 Mount Carmel Tabasco Road, right next to St. Veronica Church. Talk to Don Hall or any of the other fine folks at ECG at 513-528-7944 or visit www.ecgraphics.com and customize your look today. Bob Bullis, uh, once again, uh, we appreciate him joining us. Uh, the interview took place about uh, six to eight weeks ago, I suppose. Uh, and uh, so he was shooting for an opening right around this time of the year. Uh, unfortunately, that has not taken place yet, but that hasn't stopped the brewing, though, has it? No, and they, what they are saying right now is that you sh- and, you know, this constantly changes and it's always in flux, but... I think they're shooting for announcing an opening date in the next, I think they said, week or two. Um, and my guess, and this is a complete guess, and is not coming from any credible source, it's me just talking out of my ass, is that we'll, we're looking at July-ish, guessing. Right. About a month behind. That's so close, though. That's so soon. Well, yeah, it is. It depends on how much beer they can get stockpiled and then how much they think they're going to Right, and I mean, uh, you know, with a one-barrel system, just to open and I guess maybe even... You know they're they're going to get inundated. I mean, every you know it's yes. been it's been very highly anticipated. We haven't done anything but really tout it uh, since we've been doing Cincy Brewcast. Right. Um, you know. Well, and they've they've talked a whole bunch to Dog Barry, who kind of had the same problem when they opened that they just got slammed from the beginning. And I think that with you know learning from their experience, they're going to hopefully figure out some ways to improve that process. Well, it's funny, because uh, over the weekend, uh, I don't get a chance to hang out with a lot of the guys that I work with, believe it or not, but uh, Saturday night I went to a thing with one of the guys that was a photo- that's a photographer uh, for WLWT, his name's Chris Knight, and uh, he works with uh, a lot with uh, Karen Johnson, who's a reporter in the in the Butler County, sort of the Butler County, Northern Cincinnati, Westchester, so forth, Bureau uh, for WLWT, which is where I happen to work. And he was telling me that they were they wanted to do a story with those guys that she wanted to do, uh, you know, go interview them, talk to them, you know, kind of promote promote them right around when they were opening. And he told me the ph- photographer Chris Knight told me that they said at first said, oh yeah, that would be great, and then little by little kind of backed off of it because they were concerned that they were you know at even meeting the word of mouth sort of advertising or promotion that they got and apparently they were that 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 was that was true that yeah. ended up being true so the last thing they needed was to have a whole bunch of people <laughs> from all over Cincinnati come over to come over to see them and not they have didn't any beer. understand the reach of the gnarly gnomes right well the gnome <laughs> yeah so so anyway uh so now i, I think that's oh, a nine of my readers so <laughs> hey that's double love, our listeners <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> a fifth of them are sitting here now. Oh. What are we doing? <laughs> watching. Uh, we're, we're watching him click it's some not, buttons currently. It's not doing its thing. Uh, we are going to head into our asked and answered section. You no? play. Yeah, I can do that. Sorry about that. Again, we're 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 trying we do better hands. Well, we're trying to nail down. Our, well, I don't know. Even after you brought it up, it didn't play. I'm gonna bring it up again. Let's see what. See, it's not doing its thing. I don't know what the heck. I don't know what the heck now. Let's see here. 
I gotta fix this. Asked. And answered. <laughs> so, this week on Asked and Answered, we asked what was the worst beer you've ever had. Um, you guys care to share your stories? I actually struggled trying to think of it, and I... There's no question for me. There's not something that jumps out to me at all. Dad, go for it. Tell your tell yours. Well, back in the olden days when I was just a young strapping lad who was looking for who was, who was spent most of his time looking for his next beer. I worked at a place called King Quick. Old folks from around Cincinnati will remember the old double the, the sign of the double K, King Quick. Mike Tenzi was the advertiser. It was the the, the, the campaign was the Quick Brothers. It was one guy shot twice on both sides of a green screen with pictures of <laughs> With pictures of the various King Quick stores behind him, and he sang some little ditty about King Quick or something like that, some little song and dance. He was in a top hat with a cane and a tuxedo, which was not anywhere close to the clientele that King Quick uh, was, <laughs> was, no, was known for. Um, but anyway, I worked there, and uh, we got called to a big, very special, important meeting one time. It said, yeah, everybody's got to be there. and We're, we're going to pay, which was the big thing, is they were going to pay us to be at this meeting, which they didn't even really pay, hardly pay <laughs> to be there to, to work to begin with. Uh, so we all showed up at this meeting, at, and the uh, the gnarly little, this, no, no offense, no, but the gnarly <laughs> little little uh, lifer, uh, uh, this was a guy who used to come in, he was about four foot nothing, had, it was about 105 pounds soaking wet, had a little old mustache, and he talked like this, and he, and he used to work for, <laughs> I used to work for Barney Kroger, he'd say, and uh, you know, if you drop those bags on the floor, Barney Kroger would take... Of his handful of change out of his pocket and throw it on the floor and says, when you throw your bags on the floor, young man, my bags on the floor, you're throwing my money on the floor. Anyway, he said, folks, he said, this is a great day in King Quick history. <laughs> we are introducing our new beer, Double K. And that was... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It tasted, and we, and and of course, being only eighteen, it was it was it was six percent beer. Being only eighteen back then, those of you who are old folks will also remember that there was a six percent beer that you could drink when you were over twenty-one, and there was a three-two percent beer that you could drink <coughs> from the ages of eighteen to twenty-one, and uh, it was always a big badge of honor if you could score a six percent beer from somewhere, which I always did. Um, because I looked like I was 35 when I was 18. Anyway. <laughs> we do not encourage underage drinking. We do not encourage underage drinking, and please drink responsibly. Uh, but, don't uh, drink and drive. Yes, don't drink and drive. And, but um, one night, we snuck back in the cooler, me and my buddy, Steve Brown. Hey, Uncle Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we said, we got to try one of these d double Ks. And we are like, okay. And we snuck back in the cooler, and uh, we... we, we, we uh, we was this before closed-circuit television and, uh, technology? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was before. It was, we, we almost did it by candlelight. That's how long <laughs> it was. And I uh, went inside there, and we drank this stuff. Ice cold, you know, perfect temperature, and it tasted like gasoline and rubbing alcohol mixed together. It was absolutely one of the most horrifying things that I'd ever put in my mouth. The, the generic white can with the black label it said beer 
I'm familiar. Yes, it, that was it was better. That was better <laughs> than double K for a dollar ninety nine for a dollar ninety nine <coughs> six pack back in nineteen seventy nine, and quickly reduced to a dollar forty nine a six pack. Quickly reduced to ninety nine cents a six pack, and probably in the space of about the four months. Or so that I was working there, it was gone. Quickly reduced it to a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> we got a comment on Periscope that Dragon's Milk is their least favorite beer, which I could argue. I don't know that I. I, I don't know that I, 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 I guess it. you can't argue some of taste, but I. I mean, you know, when I first I, overhyped, I the first it. time I ever had Dragon's Milk, I was working at Cock and Bowl in Hyde Park. It was my first restaurant job that actually you know had a bar. Um, and they, we had it on draft, and I was, you know, kind of easing into craft beer, and I knew there were some craft beers that I liked, and, but I still wasn't ashamed to, you know, have a Bud Light or a Keystone and a Barbie or whatever. Um, and I tried it at, when I was working at Cockable, and I haven't had it since, but when I had it then, I was like, this is awful. I will never drink this again, and it's because of that that I haven't had it since, but I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to giving it another try, especially now that my now that my tastes have changed. Refined, sure. um, yeah, but yeah. so I mean, I could see how somebody might. Yeah, it's like. Well, what about you? <coughs> my worst beer. <laughs> my worst beer is one that you have had the pleasure of to uh, be a part of. <clears throat> oh yes. <laughs> I still won't the put that in the uh, in the uh, in the double K. The year was two thousand and eleven. The town was Athens, Ohio. The date was somewhere in January. It was Dad's weekend. There's a bar in Athens. Not just my weekend, but a weekend for all dads. Right. The the college's dad's weekend. So there's a, a bar in Athens called Brony's Alumni Grill, and they have a wonderful craft beer selection, um, really good, their, sort of their um, kind of signature drink is their peach champagne slushy, um, which is probably like, I don't know, 4% alcohol, but it's good, and it's tasty, and it's fun. Um, so anyway, we're there, and we are at Brony's, I believe, specifically because they have a good craft beer selection. Um, we didn't want to drink crap. It tended not to be super crowded at the bars. And so we walk up to the bar, and we had been drinking kind of all day, but, like, doing okay with pacing ourselves. Basically what I'm trying to get to is we were not close to evening-ending drunk. We were feeling good, but we weren't, like, wasted. We weren't one beer away from vomiting, you know, nothing like that. Um, so we go, and... We see, looking at the taps, and we see Brooklyn Pennant 55 Ale. Baseball fans, Reds fans, know all about the 1955, you know, Pennant Drive of of the Brooklyn Dodgers, which was ended with the, you know, great, you know, which, which was, you know, which was one of the great teams of all time, the 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers. How bad can it be? The answer is horribly bad. Night ending bad. It ended our night. It was so disgusting we started feeling sick. <laughs> it was just, it, it was it. Like we started drinking that beer and it was just like, oh, this is so gross. And oh, I don't think I feel so well. I'm we kind of tired. Do you want to just go home and watch some TV? We did not finish the beer. No. 
We did not finish. There was three people drinking the beer, and there was a half a pint of each of each beer of each one of our beers left. That's how bad it was. Because my roommate Amy was with us, correct? Yes, yeah. that's correct. Um, so, you know, we're just like, oh, how gross. So then, you know, a, about a year comes and goes, and it's actually Dad's fiftieth birthday. It was a year, yes, exactly. Um, and so I'm thinking about that beer. It never really left my mind. I was always kind of like, God, that beer is just so bad. But sort of as we got to know beer, we're like, maybe they don't clean their lines right. Or maybe it was an off, you know, maybe the keg had been improperly stored or improperly tapped or whatever, you know. Just kind of thinking of all the things that could potentially go wrong between the keg and the glass. And so I was at Country Fresh. I was picking him out a six-pack for his 50th birthday as part of his 50th birthday gift. And I see it sitting there on the on the shelf, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna throw it in there, sort of as a joke, but also because I kind of want to try it again and see if it was really as bad as we thought it was, or you know what was going on. And we tried it again a year later, and undrinkable, <laughs> just as bad. I couldn't believe it myself. I looked it up on Rate Beer recently, <coughs> when we first asked this question, and kind of just wanted to see what other people's kind of verdicts of it were, and it has fairly decent ratings on rape beer. So I don't Sometimes know if... that boggles your mind, <laughs> trying to understand what people Yeah, so I, did, I don't know if maybe there's something wrong with my own palate, or if... I don't really know what it was. It was horrible. And I will add, I haven't seen it since. Oh, I've, I've seen it already. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Maybe and, I just blocked just it from to, my mind to say a repressed memory. That is the worst craft beer I've ever had. And see, I'll... I'll I'll pull something out along the similar, I guess, not really on the similar line, but, you know, the first time I ever tasted a Lambic beer, it looked good in the store. I thought, this is, this is different. It's got a cork in the bottle. I've never seen that with a beer. I'm going to try this. So I got one, I popped it open, portion out, and that was the worst beer I'd ever had. That being said, that same beer now, not so bad. So anybody who's ever had the worst beer they've ever had, try it again. You don't like it. Or Brooklyn 10 and 55. We gave it two shots. That's all it That's, that's all, all it gets. deserved. It didn't even deserve that. Sometimes you just have to kind of, you know, sometimes it's bad to have lines, like you said, or an improperly stored keg or improperly stored bottles. Bottles are, hmm. there's a lot of really bad bottle shops out there, so don't ever rule something out just because you have one bad experience. Give it another try. And, and, then, and then go from there. <laughs> or dragon smoke if you give it two shots. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to throw this question out to everybody again. I think we had one response when we uh, promoted it on uh, our Listerman show, and we did have one we response. Caught me off guard again. I got to pull it up. I believe it was um, from, from Blue Ash. Ah, oh, yes. Let's see. Worst beer was a Bud Light Mixtail Long Island. Ooh. No. He also can't drink Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. Yeah, I've heard Elton a lot of with them. your rocks. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. I'm not going to say that I can't drink it. Not either. But I will also say that I'm never going to pick it out of the tap barn with more right. than five. Right. Right. And there's some people that can't get enough of it. Again, it's the whole thing about taste and craft now, beer. And uh, can we count the <coughs> Bud Light Mixtail? Well, as a beer, that seems like more of a malt liquor, uh, but it's, it's probably, I mean, what, 
it's probably along the lines of the lime marita as, <laughs> as it were. Let me tell and you something. You know who was sitting at this table loves I, a lime marita. Yeah. I drank one of those raspberries this yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're they're, mean, they're not bad. Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes if you drink a couple of them, you just get really, really fucked it, up. It's in not it's not a bad way to get mm-hmm. drunk. I'll tell you that right now. I, 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 there's worse ways to get drunk. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> So that's so. Ask and Answered. Uh, once again, we'll throw that question out to you. What's the worst <coughs> beer you've ever had? You can always respond to our Twitter account, at Cincy Brewcast, Cincy Brewcast on Facebook. And also, uh, you can email us at uh, cincybrewcast at gmail.com. We'll certainly get that. And also go to www.cincybrewcast.com. Uh, go to the contact page and fill out the form, and uh, we will get that uh that we will get that as well. So uh, once again, what is the worst beer you have ever had? And we're going to uh, come up with another question next week, and uh, we'll, I'm and sure it'll be a very interesting question. And always hashtag it with CBCQOTW. Yes, CBCQOTW. Question of the week. Question of the week. Go ahead. So that's it this week. That's it. Asked and answered. All right, and uh, let's see. Anything else, guys? New business, old business. Um, we'll, we'll ask that one next week. We we got to get another question, but uh, it's a long story, I'm sure. Craziest drinking time. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh god. We could dedicate a whole show. You mean, to that. I mean, sure. I mean, I mean the craziest time that you have been drinking, or the craziest time that you've. You mean you mean like. You mean like, like the, 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 t- the time you peed your pants and stole a stop, stop sign versus one time I peed in the, or one time I drank in the middle of a funeral? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Like, is right, that the question? Yeah, that's the different type. <laughs> yes, and that's that's both. There's there, that's both. That's the same and the different questions at the same time. Yeah, that, time. that's a different show. We'll uh, we'll co- I think we'll definitely have to cover that at some point. Hey, look now I know what I got, and that is that we had so much damn fun at Listerman's Brewing. Two weeks ago, uh, we and, and had a lot of great response. We had a lot of terrific fans that showed up at uh, Listerman's uh, that we decided. To I'd say do it was it. our best show today. Yes, and we decided to do it again. And so, coming up on June 29th, 2015, we will be visiting. This is uh, episode uh, 13. 13. 13. Do you really need a crash? Or 12. It's going to be. Do you have a crash? It's going to be called. Hang on. Cincy Brewcast and the bad sound effects. They're not even bad. They're they're just overprepared. We just just don't know. Okay, so June 29th. Well, now we'll definitely have to call them at Old Firehouse Brewing down in Williamsburg because they are because we just exploded something and we got to call the firefighters in. <laughs> Old Firehouse Brewing, June 29th. 
Uh, you know, again, we, we were around 8 o'clock, you know, it's, this is the internet, so we can kind of do whatever we want, but around 8 o'clock, and that is a m- It's a Monday, Monday night, night, which, if you check your calendar on thegnarlygnome.com, you'll notice they are not open on Mondays. That is Ooh, changing is for, for one week only, just for Cincy Brewcast. They are opening their doors, their giant garage doors, because it's going to be a beautiful night outside, and we will be broadcasting live. So if there is... Any reason, and I know there's a couple of breweries I haven't been able to get to because they're not open on Mondays, and Mondays are happen to be my days. Monday and Tuesday happen to be my days off. So, if there's for some reason you've been wanting to go down to Old Firehouse, haven't been able to because they're not they're not open on Mondays. Come see us on Monday the 29th. They're going to open special for us. We're going to have Adam and and Lori and Lori and. and Hopefully, Ben, the brewer, will be there, too. I don't have all the details on that. I have heard a little rumor that they're going to do some kind of a special for us that night, but again, it's not all finalized yet, but um, we'll keep you updated in the coming couple weeks here. On but, it's, but again, it's a special opening for Old Firehouse. They're not normally open on Monday, but they're going to do it for us, and we'll get to talk to at least Adam and Lori, hopefully... Ben as well, and and, um, and and but come on down. Uh, they have some terrific beers, as we just mentioned. They were they were in a tap takeover in Athens, Ohio. I know that they were involved in one in Columbus as well recently. They are getting they are they are, the word is getting around about Old Firehouse. They brewing. were in um, USA Today not too long ago. <clears throat> they um, they're pretty they're pretty. Uh, USA Today Don't and sleep uh, on. I think Huffington Post too. I think yeah, they have mm-hmm. an article yeah, about that's them. it. And another stirring rumor is that they're going to have big news to announce on the show um, about their future. Unless, Wonderful. Unless somebody else breaks it first. Well, you know, you know how that is. Yes. And we're just a little old Cincy Brewcast rolling around, around out there, so we'll see. Uh, but uh, we don't get a lot of breaking news or exclusives. But maybe we'll maybe we'll get lucky on this one. So anyway, some of us bloggers are chomping at the bit to write about it. So anyway, uh, June 29th, twenty fifteen, uh, we'll shoot for an we're shooting for we're shooting for an eight, 8 p.m. Uh, start of the show for, for showtime. Get down there for a little pregame seven seven thirty. Uh, watch us set up. Uh, come and meet us. Come say hi. And then uh, we'll knock it out of the park uh, from 8 till about 9.30 um, at Old Firehouse Brewing down in Williamsburg. And, of course, uh, check our website. We'll have, uh, we'll have directions and so forth for everybody. It's not hard to get to. Might be a little far from, for some of you maybe coming from the west side. It's but worth it's, the drive. Yes. Just beautiful, quaint little, quaint little place right down there in the main drag in Williamsburg, Ohio. So. And right across the street there is fantastic pizza and fantastic donuts. So, come hungry, come thirsty. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So wonderful. Okay. What else? So we have that. Anything else? I think not that I can think of. This this weekend, Jumbo Jim's Beer Fest, Fairfield. So if anybody still doesn't have their tickets, go get your tickets. It's the best beer fest in Cincinnati. Also, I'd just like to inquire. This is more of a more of a call for our listeners to give us some information. I just want to know what the uh, Kings Island Beer Festival was like this past weekend. I can't imagine that it would be a whole lot of fun to drink a bunch of beer and then ride some roller coasters or ride some roller coasters with people who've been drinking beer all day. <laughs> um, but I, if you if you went to that at that um, that event, please let us know how it was. I'm just curious. I don't I don't know anybody that went. 
Um, I haven't really asked a lot of people, but I'm just curious. I think that um, it's really nice to see, you know, various tourist attractions and whatnot embracing craft beer. So I just kind of am curious about what that festival was like. Okay, want to know that? Uh, we throw that out there. Jamal Jim's Beer Fest this weekend. I don't know that uh, that uh, I, I know anything else. I think that's it. All we'll right. Have some some other big announcements in the coming uh, weeks and months about some more live events and stay tuned. And again, um, you know, anything, questions, comments, suggestions <coughs> on beers for us to try, especially uh, local Cincinnati beers that we may have not have been able to get our hands on. Uh, event announcements, uh, you know, there's, there's you breweries out there. If you know you want us to put your event out on Cincy Brewcast, please, just about anything. We want to hear for you. sure. Cincy Brewcast at gmail.com. That's a great place. Uh, I check it every day, four or five times a day. Also, uh, go to www.cincybrewcast.com, put a comment on our comment page. We, we get those as well. Uh, also, at Cincy Brewcast, tweet at us. Uh, Cincy Brewcast, leave a comment on our Facebook page. Uh, and, uh, and, and please be as interactive as you can be with us. We certainly enjoy it. Thanks to everybody uh, watching on Periscope. Don't forget to download the Periscope app. Now for Android as well. I, I was able to download it on my Android advi uh, device a couple of weeks ago. So now for both for, for both your Apple device and your Android device, Periscope.com is the uh, website where you can go and download, check it out. And then, of course, from your app store, you can uh, download the free app as well. Uh, that's about all I've got. So, once again, for Tina Cisneros, Tina at Brewer Gastro Pub. Yep. And what's going on, anything going on there this week? Um, nothing aside Just from the normal. Just go have a delicious Just have uh, some beer, have some poutine. And Gnarly Gnome? TheGnarlyGnome.com. Um, all your social media, The Gnarly Gnome. Just check it out, keep reading. And my name is Mike Cisneros, and we're so happy that you were able to give us your time this evening, and so certainly hope you enjoyed our latest edition of Cincy Brewcast. You've been listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.